athletes like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined here by Harrison Fagan. Here in a second, we are going to dive into the Lakers stuff, and we're going to talk about the uh, stupid sports stuff that we get to distract you guys, and we are privileged enough to distract you guys with um, every time that he and I and I get to hop on on this here platform. But before we get to that, I do have to send um, our deepest regards uh, deepest frustrations, just just a- absolute anguish um, to everybody affected in Uvalde, Texas. It's about three hours from where I am currently recording right now. Uh, it, there is nothing. I mean, there's a ton I could say. Honestly, I could I could dive into this thing and I could talk about how frustrating it is to live in a place where, you know, Avery is two years old. Jen wants to put her in preschool when she turns three and I'm terrified to do that because I don't know that I'm going to be able to pick her up at the end of the day when Jen goes and drops her off. Um, it sucks to live like this. It's brutal to live like this. It's absolute horseshit that, um, we all have to live like this. So without diving too much deeper into it, because quite frankly, I'm on the verge of tears and I'm livid and uh, there's, a, there's a bunch that I could say. I'm just going to segue awkwardly over to Lakers discussion. And uh, just know that if you guys are out there and you are just as anguished and angry as we are, you're not alone. Yeah, I just wanted to add that. I, I mean, that's the reason that I've been off social media um, the last, uh, you know, mostly uh, the last day or so as much as I ever am. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it, I, I obviously don't have kids, but it, you don't have to have kids to empathize and be horrified and sad and uh, just about all this. It's just, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's frustrating. Devastating. Horrible. Yeah. All right. We are now going to segue into Lakers discussions and the type of stupidity that Harrison and I are known for. Um, And today's subjects, we are going to talk about a running theory that I have for why the Lakers haven't hired anybody as their head coach. When I told you about this, Harrison, a a spark lit up in your eye um, because you loved the theory, especially as it pertains to Michael Jordan and Jeannie Buss specifically. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. There is an interesting rumor cycle now swirling around the Brooklyn Nets, as uh, apparently they and Kevin Durant haven't spoken since the end of the season. Uh, They are adamantly against, apparently, according to Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News, they are adamantly against uh, extending Kyrie long-term. So that's going to complicate things. Uh, Kevin Durant is extended long-term, so that's really going to complicate it, as he extended, probably thinking he was going to be there long-term with Kyrie Irving. Um, So... As per usual, I'm going to ask the question, how can the Lakers benefit from this? Um, so we're going to talk about that and a poll that I threw out on Twitter regarding uh, Kyrie Irving and one Russell Westbrook. 
um, as as the two sides kind of figure out every well, I guess the four sides, whether it's Kyrie's side and the Nets side and Russ's side and the Lakers side, as all these sides figure out where they're going to currently stand. But I do want to dive into this Lakers coaching theory because that does more immediately affect the Lakers. And uh, so as things stand right now, Harrison, you aren't covering the Lakers anymore, but like, are you moder- moderately like aware of what's going on with the coaching search? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely am. I mean, part of my job is monitoring just our entire network of coverage and keeping an eye out for what are the big stories and what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I've certainly been paying attention because, you know, there's only two coaching searches going on. So there's like, and there's not really draft stuff yet. Not really. Nope. Um, There's like free agency still like a month and a half off. So it's the playoffs and it's these two lame ass coaching searches. So <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's the, that's today's NBA new. Oh, and first, first team, all NBA. Uh, yeah. You know, so the, the yeah, votes yeah, were I will say yes, I'm, yeah. I'm more aware of it than I would be if this were happening like mid season or something like that. Shouts to Dennis Scott, who sent me down a rabbit hole. Cause I, I mentioned the votes for all of the awards were published today. They were released by the NBA. Oh, which... I'm not allowed to go through those anymore. So after, uh, after a couple of years ago, so <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't touch those. I don't, I, I don't want to know who voted for what that's. Yeah unfair targeting uh-huh. um even yeah. though the votes are public and anyone can look so i'm not yeah. even going to comment on this um but so dennis scott's votes were so bad across the board that it had me wondering if he was a, like operating as a clutch agent so all of the people that he voted for because he voted for lebron james as a first team all nba player this year which he wasn't like he didn't play enough and he the, the Lakers were terrible okay I, great <laughs> um he he had just like just in general he had some interesting votes and he had me googling one dennis scott nba player tnt agent on <laughs> to see to see who his agent is and then um i i i was i went through all of his votes to see if the the players that he voted for for all these things were all clutch they were not they were just bad votes um so I, <laughs> but but as as these votes came out and as people were kind of talking about them, it made me kind of think, like this this is completely this is a random detour that we usually take, but it made me kind of think, would we be better off if those weren't published? Like if we just uh, if we just I didn't mean, the know, voters might be the voters for sure. We'd probably get more creativity out of the voters. We'd probably get more like. Uh, corruption from the voters, seeing his so like, actual money. Like, Dennis Scott didn't know that his his votes were public, and so he just was free to be a free spirit, and like he doesn't care <laughs> about groupthink. I do think groupthink is a, is a, is uh, oh, a factor I 100% here. Though. Think that it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, and like that's why I'm saying I I kind of wonder if we would be better off without uh, publishing the, the actual vote tallies and who voted for whom. Um, but I do. I only I, I only would agree with that if it were not determining of contract stuff. Yeah. I think that if people are willing to, like as much as the media says, we don't want this responsibility, whatever, if you really didn't want it, you wouldn't vote. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. like, I understand, I understand that's like not an easy thing to give up your vote or like in pro because mm-hmm. it probably won't matter. The NBA will just give it to someone else. And so your feeling is like, let's do the best job we can. Totally understand that. But like, yeah. you know, if it's going to affect guys' contract status and things like that, I think that just for the purposes of the media being accountable to people for not showing favoritism and you know not exchanging it not that this you know not that i'm applying this has ever happened but exchanging votes for scoops or anything like that uh oh i'll, I'll imply or, it 
it oh, totally no, I would never happening. imply something like that. I'm not going to so, say specifically with who, but like, I, I definitely think it's no, it's probably happened before. Come on. Come on. I think I made pretty clear where I stand on this. Um, <laughs> and so, but I think that as a matter of accountability, those votes should be public if they are going to determine guys' money. But if that power is as the players want, you know, they want it out of the calculator boy's hands, uh, you know, then yeah. like if that is no longer, if it no longer determines salary stuff or, you know, those kind of things, then I think, yeah, I mean, we may get more honest results and a more honest accounting if people aren't like, oh man, like, you know, it, like, oh, man, people are going to compare me to, like, Zach Lowe's votes. And if mine aren't, you know, sort yeah. of smart like his, then I'm going to get roasted online. And, like, there are certainly, as we've seen, voters that do not care about that at all. <laughs> um, and, you know, apparently Dennis Scott this 3D? year, I have not gone through that. Uh, <laughs> there, you know, there are there were people that in 2020 left Anthony Davis off of their like all of their all NBA teams um mm -hmm. and you know there was a guy who voted Andre Drummond on the Cavs as like first team all defense at one point a New York writer and his reasoning was that he rebounds and you nerds don't understand the value of that totally. uh so you know I I am for more diversity in like the thought process because I think you get more interesting and honest results yeah. Um, like if these people that all think about the games in different ways are coming together and it's like, oh, who are the guys they all value that sort of end up? But I feel like, yeah, I mean, the votes being public and like social media, especially being a thing and people coming through those votes on social media, um, I think has created a situation where it's like, yeah, you have like Steph winning unanimous MVP because nobody wants to get like flamed online if they don't. Yeah vote for him for MVP in a year where it's like sort of obvious, but like maybe they want to give somebody else credit or they feel like someone was a little more valuable. Like people are more free to disagree if they, from the consensus, if their votes are not public. But again, like if it determines guys money, I think it has to be public. Yeah. I, I think you're right on that front. I don't think it should. Like I honestly, the NBA needs to scrap the way that contracts are, are, are divvied up. Get rid of the max system. Get rid of like the. No, you know, it's never going to happen because the teams want it because then they can blame the media if they can't pay their guy more. You know? Well, sure, fine. They can tell, like, the Celtics well, can it's tell just like, Tatum, it's like, oh, well, we'd pay you the, you know, 35% or whatever max it is that he missed out on by missing first team all NBA. But they're like, ah, oh, gosh darn it, we just can't. And, yeah, you know, you right. just, the voters just, they didn't give it to you. I'm sorry, Jason, we'd give you the money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Max's, Max's have helped and hurt teams too, by the way. Yeah. Like if you're the best player on a team, there's this implication that you should make the max and like not every best player on every team should be making the max, right? Now, yeah. It turns out there shouldn't be like over 30 players on a max salary. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> there, there should not. And then the super max, what they like, you use... know, like Jeremy Grant, for example, I don't know if this is a hot take, but he's not as valuable as LeBron. I know he's Whoa. not making the max, but um, you Whoa. know, like, there's like, like I think he wants. No, I know, I know, I know what like, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre Ayton is like, I, I read a great post on our like Bright Side of the Sun blog. They were talking about like, you know, like where he'd rank in salary if he gets the max that he's seeking out, and it would be like in the 30s somehow. You know, like of <laughs> players, because yeah. it, even though DeAndre Ayton, you know, like he's pro that's probably around his range, like in terms of best players in the NBA. But that's wild that there are that many players making like a max or above. And I know there's different percentages with max or whatever. But yeah, that's but kind of crazy that in there that are that range. many players making the most you can legally make. Yeah, and and like that's it, it's just I don't know I, I I just prefer a system now. Like if you if you there should be no max salaries. That's where it should be. That's how you get real parity. 
Yeah. You keep it capped, That's but there's the no max salary. Well, I would like I would prefer a soft cap rather than a hard one. But but like I, I if you if you get rid of the maxes, the argument is always that like once you get rid of the maxes, you're gonna get rid of the middle class in the NBA and you'll have guys making eighty million dollars on a team and you won't have anybody making like ten to fifteen yeah. or fifteen to twenty. Um and then and That's then That's a good point. We should just get rid of the cap altogether. Right. And then well, see where I, the Lakers end up ranking in payroll. <laughs> everybody Ooh. always says like everybody always says like man if if you do that great everybody's going to be on the Lakers. I was like, are we sure? Yeah, do we know that for are a you fact? Positive? <laughs> I don't know if I'm I'm positive the on that start one. Getting man. revenue sharing if uh, if they eliminate the cap. <laughs> The Clippers payroll is like five hundred million. The Lakers. Are the Clippers like have like 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 three like two thirds of the All NBA team on their roster, <laughs> and still lose in the second round. <laughs> um, uh, streetlights over over spotlights, Harrison. They would never True. do such a thing. Uh, no. Yeah, so they're all about finding the, the underpaid grinders. Yeah. Um, but all right, so let's let's dive into this coaching thing. Um, and the the theory that I had, and I offered it up on the lowdown two days ago. By the time you guys are listening to this, is that the Lakers have not hired a head coach quite yet. And Harrison, by the way, tell me if this sounds familiar. They have narrowed it down to three potential candidates. There's no reason why they couldn't hire one of those potential candidates. They aren't <laughs> they aren't interviewing those candidates any further. Um, to, no, they to, are. They are. Yeah, they're they're going through second rounds of interviews in person. I I think they've already done most of them. Oh, that's possible that they have already done them, but they were yeah. doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I mean that like yes, they did interview them further, or they were. I, but like I, I, I guess my thing is like, it's very similar to the last time they hired a head coach when they narrowed it down to three candidates. At that time, it was Monty Williams, Ty Lue, and Frank Vogel. No, not Frank Vogel. Oh, Jason Kidd. Yeah, no, Jawan Howard. Are you sure? Yeah, it was like those three were the top three candidates that oh. they most now. Now Jawan, they there's no reporting that they ever actually offered him the job. He ended up taking the job at Michigan. So he clearly yeah. like as much as and they then said turned he him down in this interviews. Year. They did not determine that he was ready to kind of lead the team at that point. Yeah. Um, but that you know we did get the leak afterwards that he impressed them. You know he was yeah. really impressive, just not enough to like hire him. And they underwent like a whole second coaching search after the Ty Lu thing fell apart. But yeah. originally those were the top three kind of candidates You're that right. were going through these interviews. Um, yeah. So and, they, yeah. Go ahead. Well, so they, so they uh, fell through on plans A, B, and C there, um, because uh, Monty Williams obviously takes a job in Phoenix. Ty Lue tells the Lakers to kick rocks when they tried to force Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd, and I believe Kurt Rambis on him, and they didn't there were give rumors him... about the Kurt Rambis thing, but those were disputed. I don't know yeah. if that was actually true. Um, and, but they definitely I mean, offered him. They may have been forcing Kurt Rambis on his staff, given how we saw that Kurt Rambis was able to dictate things to Frank Vogel. So whether or not right. he was like technically an assistant coach, they mm -hmm. may have been forcing Kurt Rambis upon his like basketball meetings, which is sort of, you know, again, like I can understand why a championship winning head coach like Ty Lue might yeah. say like, eh, I think I'm good on that. You know, this seems a little <laughs> dysfunctional. I'm, you're going to have to pay me a little more. Kurt, you seem nice, yeah. but go away. I'll let Kurt in the room, but you got to give me five years. And they're like, oh, no. I mean, who, who yeah. can say where we're going to be in five years? Like, I will let uh, Kurt in the room, but he has to be muted. We have to find a way to mute him. He can sit in Kurt Cousins' little plexiglass wind bubble, um, but but he's got to – he can't He's allowed talk. to submit suggestions at the end into a box. Yeah. 
And yeah. those those suggestions are uh, read then through. Then reviewed by the coaching interns yes. who then pass and then, them along and then they pass to Tai Lu if they're valuable. The best idea. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, obviously, despite the Laker cake and everything, Ty Lue does not sign with the Lakers. And then, like you said, Juwan Howard. How mad Howard, do you think he is at the friend who bought him the Laker cake? I mean, probably I not I think that mad, but like in, I think it's in the moment, it probably was like a little bit like a bro. Like, why did you do this? You know, the contract. He seemed pretty happy to see it. Yeah. He, yeah, like he didn't he didn't seem like he was like, oh, come on. What are you doing? This is bad um, negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, he didn't seem upset when, when he got the cake. Um, I would love to know where the cake is now. Like, I mean, probably in their in their stomachs, Anthony. I don't know. Well, like, not now. Not still. I, I, yeah, do you think true. they ate the cake? I, I feel like they probably ate it. Yeah. Are you a cake guy? I'm not a cake guy. Yeah, cake's pretty good. I don't know I, if that's I'm not a hot really cake. A... I'm, I prefer pie to cake. What What is your Lakers coaching theory? We okay, have, you have filibustered for sixteen. All right, minutes. all right. This so they incredible. so so basically this not sixteen. There was like there were other topics that we okay. talked on. Um, we should. Are, are you saying you 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 want to ban the filibuster? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I tickled myself with that one. I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Um, did you know that it's uh, physically impossible to tickle yourself? Anyway, so the uh, the Lakers right now are sitting on the same three candidates they have, or they are planning to, or are about to, at the at the most, right? They are about to go through another round of interviews with these guys. Um, those guys are Kenny Atkinson, Darvin Ham, and Terry Stotts. I'm blanked on on Stotts. Um, uh, despite Bill Plaschke's desperate pleas for them to forego those three guys and and bring doc rivers in bring his, bring his best friend doc home <laughs> bill like we're on to you man like <laughs> doc gives good quotes that's the only reason you want him doc there. rivers would win the news conference anthony and not just the opening one everyone <laughs> everyone every single new as we've seen with how sixers fans have reacted to doc rivers there's no one better at managing a fan base's expectations <laughs> like you know plashke clearly he's yeah. the voice of the people on this one like he knows yeah. he knows what lakers fans are excited about and it's doc they're Remember ready when to say what doc, doc doc told everybody to basically bleep off because he was going to continue to start deandre jordan yeah like, that look, guy i don't care if every number says this guy sucks he's tall and we gotta <laughs> play a tall guy <laughs> Uh, we have another one of Paul Reed. No, screw Paul Reed. He is young. We only yeah. play tall old guys. <laughs> so the um, the Lakers, I think, are stalling, dragging their feet on these three candidates. Not because of Doc Rivers. I, they, they can. They might be like a, a factor, but I don't think it's the. But I think the factor that they're kind of rolling with right now is that as soon as Charlotte hires a head coach whoever that coach might be. And I don't think they think there's some great distance between Atkinson, Ham, and Stott. So if they lost on any one of the those three guys, they would. They, I, I would imagine they feel fine with the other two. So as soon as Charlotte hires one of those three guys, the uh, Lakers have all of the leverage on whoever it is that they decide to hire. That means they can dictate the length of the contract. If they see whoever they hire as a LeBron-specific coach, will it be a shorter contract there? They can dictate how much they're going to pay this head coach. 
Darvin Ham is going to be a rookie coach. Can they maybe skimp on some of the offer there because he doesn't have any experience? Um, they can dictate who is on that coach's staff. We know that I would imagine the Lakers have some head coaches or assistant coaches that, uh, or not just like, like Polinka and those guys, I, I would imagine Anthony Davis would like to have Mike Penberthy on the staff of whoever gets hired for whatever reason. Mike Penberthy is seen as just like this invaluable resource, even though the Lakers... I, I, I... Yeah, uh, the new highest paid PR person, Mike Penberthy. He's uh, <laughs> the chief fan outreach correspondent. Yep. Um, so so the Lakers, I think, are dragging their feet because if they, whenever they hire whoever isn't hired by Charlotte, they have uh, leverage on that person. The hilarious thing here, though, is that I could totally see Charlotte doing the same thing. And, and <laughs> they're waiting for the Lakers. a good old-fashioned cheap off. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets are waiting for the Lakers to hire somebody so that they can in turn uh, cheap out on whoever it is that they hire. Harrison, how do you feel about this theory? 20 minutes in. I, I'm i 100% on board with this. Like, I don't <laughs> – I, I no longer can even consider any other possibility in my head when thinking about this. Um, like, I, I just – it's it is the, as you sort of outlined. It is the most Lakers thing that they could do. Now I do buy the whole idea that you know there's been all these people that like oh the media is just creating this Doc Rivers thing. It's like yeah, it's because this is exactly what the Lakers would do. Like if yeah. Doc Rivers was available, I don't think that we'd have be this the long delay. You know, yeah. yeah, he'd already be hired and he'd have won the initial news conference with Bill Plaschke. You know, um, <laughs> do you think Bill's just sitting there in the back like great answer, Doc? Good stuff, bud. I think he cheers him after every answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Whoa! You're winning me over. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then they, just with the it, just with the doctor ordered. It's yeah. just like the every, that's Literally, how it is. I can almost guarantee you that that would be the either the lead headline. or the kicker. Either yeah. the lead or the kicker. No, or maybe the headline. headline. The headline. <laughs> just what the doctor order. Doc Rivers brings an aura of authority to Los Angeles. The Lakers are a sick franchise right now. You know what they need. You know what you go to Somebody when you're sick? Tyler Gray, because they need a, a doctor. doctor. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, but, you know, since the big names, and we know th this team, they love their stars, whether or not they're actually good anymore or whatever. Like, they love they love their big names. They're like, oh, we can put that on the marquee, Doc Rivers. That we can, maybe he'll, like, buy the naming rights deal to Crypto.com now that, like, that's, you know, going to maybe go under or something. Um, you know, <laughs> Doc Rivers Arena. Um, I'm glad it doesn't rain much in LA because the crypto.com arena would definitely spring a leak. And we, you know, we, well, I think Staples is owned by a different group. So they, I think they probably put some money into the building and what, like AEG probably takes care of Staples or crypt, the crypt. Um, <laughs> the crypt. And, uh, so like I, I, I am, but I'm totally on board with this theory because all these guys, yeah, they're like, oh my God, Terry Stotts. Darvin Ham, Kenny Atkinson. I haven't heard of any of these guys. I mean, you know, they're all just as good, right? It's like, yeah. it's like the Lakers, like this is their version of like shopping for like generic brand toothpaste. They're like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, whatever yeah. one's on sale. Which it, crest, it, it just get crest, whatever, whatever the cheapest crest is. That's all that matters. Yeah. And so I just, you know, like, 
I, I totally buy this. And it does seem like the type of thing that they would do to artificially manufacture leverage because we know that they're obsessed with, you know, artificially manufacturing leverage on their head coaches to force them to do whatever. Like we saw this last time. We saw this with the exact coaching search with the Ty Lue stuff that you outlined. And then later with Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel at that time was not going to be a candidate for another head coaching job. You know, Maybe not for least, a while. Yeah, probably not for a while after how badly things went in Orlando. So it was either go to the Lakers, take Jason Kidd on your staff, be a good soldier, like, you know, take Kurt Rambis, you know, and his input and make him feel good about how, like, how brilliant and smart he is as good a senior note, basketball Kurt. advisor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then just you get the job. You get a head coaching job again. And now, you know, to Frank Vogel's credit, he took that opportunity. He made the best of it. The Lakers paid him an exposure. And now he's a candidate for other jobs because people are like, oh, man, this guy got done dirty. So the, the narrative has totally changed on him because he took that chance. And it may take another coach that's just as desperate for either their first head coaching opportunity in the case of Darvin Ham or for like Kenny Atkinson or Terry Stotts where, hey, look, like it may be tougher for them to get another head coaching job and there's not going to be any others open literally at that time. And so yeah. it's like, do they want to wait a year? Do they want to continue to be an assistant? So do they want to go be an assistant, continue to be an assistant, whatever? Or do they want to take their chances with the Lakers dig and bet that they can get a good amount out of this talented duo at the top of this franchise? Well, and, and also like, even if they go, if, even if they say like, all right, fine, I'm going to stay in the assistant ranks and I'm going to go that route. Like most of the good staffs are already figured out for the most part, unless, unless one of the members of that staff got hired away. So like maybe Stotts can convince the Warriors to bring him into the Mike Brown or Mike, Mike Brown, Mike Brown. Mike yeah. Brown. Yeah. I was thinking Mike Brown and Mike Woodson, but no, it's Mike Brown. Um, maybe maybe Stotts can convince them that he can go back and and maybe Darvin Ham can say that he's going to just go back and continue to be lead assistant for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but like you know, is is that better than a head coaching job? Is it better than the head coaching job of the Lakers? Right? I don't know. I I, look, I would imagine like so. All these guys are in the coaches association. And so, of course, publicly, they're all going to say, you know, Frank Vogel was done dirty. You know, I'm not here to mm -hmm. relitigate like how true or how not true, you know, whatever that is. Like I th we're we're past the point of that argument. But in their heart of hearts, do, do you don't you think that every single coach interviewing for this job thinks that they can do a better job than Frank Vogel? Like these guys wouldn't have gotten to that level if they didn't believe in themselves. And they're going to look at, you know, LeBron and AD and be like, well, I could get more out of that. Like you know, we're, we're not going to miss the playing game with those guys, you know, like they're going to think that their ideas are what can put it over the top because that's how coaches think. And yeah. so, you know, the Lakers are, I don't like, even if this is the strategy that they're indeed going with, like they're still going to be able to get a guy, like someone is eventually going to take the job. And it seems that now that they can't get a big name, they don't really seem to care who that someone is. They're like, well, we're going to get someone. And yeah. this, this front office, through their actions, and like, and, and clearly to be fair, made it has clearly made it known that they do not believe that coaching matters. No, you know, they not don't while care LeBron is, who on the is team. there. They're not willing to pay up for coaches. They're not willing to extend them. They're not willing to give them longer deals. You know, all these things. They do not care about the coach. And so yeah. this is completely in line with their mo to be like, well, we can get a better deal on one of these guys and force them to do whatever we, the geniuses in charge of the Lakers front office, want. Um, if we just wait them out and they have no other options. Um. 
as the Lakers are trying to gain leverage in Russell Westbrook talks, are you kind of surprised that they didn't just say that Scotty Brooks is still one of like the three finalists here or four finalists? Well, we know they're still they're still mystery candidates that Ooh. they're considering. It's not so there's you one know, not down to just the three. Could but you current. would announce that one. Like you would announce you would announce Scotty Brooks if, if Yeah, that's fair. If he was gonna be the guy that is it Scotty or Scott Brooks? I think it's both. I mean, he seems pretty agreeable. He'd probably be fine with either. No, I mean, but I think like there's Scott. I think there's I'm I, fine with you calling him Scotty. One of one of the two, either Scott or Scotty, if I remember correctly, and my source here is Bill Simmons, I think. So uh if I remember correctly, listening to a Simmons pod, there's a male porn star named Scotty Brooks or Scott Brooks, like the other version of it. So that's why that's the the, the version that Scott or Scotty, the coach, prefers one versus the other. I was not prepared for this tangent. Mm, well, we aren't gonna stay on it very long. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I think it, I'm, I'm using this as an opportunity to segue over to, to Russ here in a second. But I, I do find, you know, for, for every time that we see these rumors, um, Jovan Buha, I think, phrased it about as uh, clearly as, as I've seen quite to this point where the Lakers are, are against using a first rounder to move off of Russell Westbrook. Um, now, I, 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 that can still be posturing. I still don't quite believe it. I don't think anybody in the NBA really believes it. But if you are going to go down that path, I would probably keep, like, I would, I would continue to mention Brooks publicly um, in this position because he is kind of seen as the rust whisperer. We should. You you may have just predicted a Lakers patented Friday news dump where they're going to on Friday, uh, like announce that it's like oh Scott Brooks second interview. Yeah. Also, also like again, if if the interest here is leverage, which by the way, like the whole the whole uh, mystery candidate thing, you know what that's an attempt at Harrison, leverage. <laughs> like that's that's it's them gonna be saying, Phil Anthony, huh? It's gonna be Phil. No, I will. It, it doesn't matter who the other, like who the unnamed coaching candidate is. The yeah. reason that they're doing that is to tell the to to remind the three candidates, leading candidates right now, like, like hey, hey, by the way, leverage. we can hire somebody else. Yeah, Phil may come back. Get off your high horse. We will we'll make Kurt the head coach. How yeah. dare you, sir? Kurt is ready. Mike D'Antoni's coming back. <laughs> <laughs>